Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, Thursday, April 8th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Bill Meltzer will join us coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but uh, Flyers and Islanders, Flyers back at it tonight, coming off that 4-2 loss against the Boston Bruins where Patrice Bergeron bounced back, frankly, and had the hat trick, got the empty net goal for the hat trick, and the Bruins took the two points. The Bruins got three of the possible four points. Flyers got two of the possible four points. The entire division was in action on Tuesday. The entire division was off last night, the East Division. But the entire division is back in action tonight. Devils and Sabres are going to tangle uh, in Buffalo. Penguins are taking on the Rangers once again at Madison Square Garden. Flyers and Rangers tied in points right now with identical records. And the Bruins and Capitals will also do battle in D.C. Caps uh, tied at the top of that division uh, with the New York Islanders, who the Flyers will face tonight. Now, the Islanders did just make a trade last night as well and bolstered their lineup. Now, they lost Anders Lee a couple weeks back, and that's a big hole. And Lou Lamorello, of course, spent time in New Jersey as the general manager, a long time in New Jersey as the general manager, before heading to Toronto and before heading to the New York Islanders. And here's the trade. The Islanders acquired forwards Kyle Palmari and Travis Zajac from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for forwards Greer, Yobst, and the Isles' first-round pick in the 2021 NHL Entry Draft and a conditional fourth-round pick in the 22 NHL Entry Draft. Now, that that's a conditional pick. It could be a third, but Lou Lamorello bolstering his team. Presumably, both of those players will be in uniform coming up tonight. We'll see if that is the case, uh, but obviously not a far drive, not a lot of commute. No quarantine time because no border issues. But Lou Lamorello saw his team get past the Flyers last year in seven in round number two, get to a conference final. And when he lost Anders Lee, some money goes to LTIR. He's got some money opening up as well, cap space. And he makes a a very significant, significant addition to his roster. Two of them with Zajac and Palmieri and two guys that he's very familiar with and two guys that can certainly help that team not only with the the absence of Lee, but maybe even bolster them further. Now, I've never been a big trade deadline guy. I think, uh, you know, a lot of times a deadline move doesn't really help you as much as you would think, even though you can have the ability to add a substantial player. But it takes time for that player to assimilate into the team, the new team. It works on occasion, but not as often as you might think. But these are significant additions uh, for the New York Islanders, clearly pushing a lot of chips into the middle of the table here to try and go for it. They feel like their window is open, and they're going to go for it. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see if those players are in the lineup tonight when the Flyers take on uh, the New York Islanders. Could be the first night with those two in the lineup, all part of the equation. Flyers still in desperate need of wins. Uh, the, the opportunity missed against the Boston Bruins on Tuesday. They'll see the Bruins again Saturday before seeing Buffalo on Sunday, but all after the game tonight against the New York Islanders. So to speak on Tuesday's game, what's coming up this week for the remainder of this week leading into the trade deadline, and a ton more. We welcome from NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. We welcome him back to Flyers Daily. It is Bill Meltzer. And Bill, how you feeling after that loss on Tuesday night? Yeah, still, uh, you know, still stings, you know, that was a a winnable hockey game. You know, you have a, a power play opportunity in the third period in a tie game with a chance to take a lead and you cough up a two on one goal. And, you know, the Flyers have had 
Um, I think this is the fourth game going into a third period against the, the Bruins where they've either been leading or, or tied, you know, and they have, uh, and their one win this year wasn't even in that game. You know, they have no wins to show for the other ones. So it, uh, you know, it hurts. It stings. Bill, man, I hate the way some of these two on ones have been played lately. Yeah. <laughs> um, as from from the goalie perspective, of course, because it's a give me the shooter all day. I can't yeah. have the pass getting across, mm. and mm. we've seen this burn them so many times in the last month. Right. It, it, yeah, well, exactly. You know, you have to. I mean, preferably let the uh, let the goalie play play the shooter, the puck carrier, and make sure the pass doesn't get across. And when the the puck carriers, Jeremy Lazon, who's you know he's a good young hockey player, but he has he has two goals I think in 57 NHL games, and the, the other guy's Brad Marchand. You know you make let, like make Lazon beat you, you know. Yeah. And um, you know I mean there there was a lot of debate as to you know the way Carter played Marchand's shot, but I mean, listen, I mean he he faked the shot from the bottom of the circle and then he moved left and he got Carter to open up and he tucked it through the five hole. How how many goalies has uh, Brad Marshall and beaten just like that over the years. Yeah, and you're right. That's the awareness of it. Let laws. You know, one of the guys is Marshawn, and you know what he's capable of. You've seen his numbers. I mean, I think the guy could end up in, is going to end up in the Hall of Fame. To be honest with you, with the numbers, and then you, you look at all the. You're looking at Jeremy Lazon, and I'm going, give me that guy all day. Let Carter get out, get big on him, and play him one on one. And no matter what, it's not like a breakaway one on zero. He's still looking to pass. Yes. Until it's proven that you there's no chance to pass, so that starts to tilt the advantage back to the goaltender again. It's, yeah, it's mind quite, boggling. Yeah, quite often he'll get in too close, or, yep, or exactly. You know, and, you know, it's just you 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 take you take away that passing lane. I mean, that's that's just it's just pretty one on one, and it, it it hasn't been the only hasn't been the only time. It hasn't, it hasn't only been ghosts, as you said. It's been happening too often. Yeah, far too often. Uh, Bill, um, you know. One of the sentiments last night as uh, we took a bunch of Twitter questions uh, on Flyers Daily after the 4-2 loss was, okay, that's it. it. It's This is unsalvageable at this point. And these two games against the Bruins, they got the one, uh, they got the two points in one, but the Bruins got a point in the first game. And then the Bruins take the two points, still have the two games in hand. Uh, mathematically, they're not out of it, but this is a monumental week. And through the first two games, they really haven't passed the test. No, no, they haven't. You know, um, all in all, they haven't played bad games, but just not playing bad games is not enough now. You know, it's all about it's all about coming away with two points at the end of the night. You know, um, you know, it, it's not about uh, really. It's it's not about process at this point. It's about results. And um, you know, you they played a really good second period um, last night. They played a pretty good first period even they were trailing two to nothing but you know the third period and then you know you give you give boston some credit it was a tight checking period but you want to you, you know you'd like to test swayman a little bit more than they did in that third period you know it's just uh it, it, it's you know and then you always look back at the the end of you know the end of the game okay well, how could it have been different and so many times it comes back to the special team side you know um yeah. i mean the the penalty kill has been a sore spot all season but we're, we're, you know, it's a twenty, it's a twenty power play sample size for the Bruins, and they have ten power play goals. I mean, you know, that's uh, you know, fifty percent insane. Fifty percent at this point. We're not talking about one for two in one game or two for four or even in one game. You know, we're talking about over seven games. So it's uh, 
Yeah, that, that that's that's insane to have that over over a seven game sample. I mean, the Flyers' power play has been decent against Boston overall. I mean, they, they are over twenty percent, and and Boston's one of the top PK teams in the league. But you know, there have been opportunities within you know within those numbers, and you know the uh, Couturier goal in, in the first game in Boston being an exception. But there have been key junctures of games where a power play goal that really would have you know changed the complexion potentially. And those have been ones where the Flyers have not been very successful against the Bruins or a lot of teams this year. You know, it, it's, it's those little things that turn a game. And, um, you know, it's why the Flyers are where they are. Um, Bill, there's this notion, and Jake Voracek spoke about it, I think it was last week, um, about 60-minute effort and how it's a hockey cliche and that no team is going to dominate. I kind of talked about this last night. In, in the episode, but no team's going to dominate from the opening face off to the final horn. Not in the NHL. It's not the way it works. But there's people and fans, and I saw a lot of this last night, that look at the 25 shots in the second and the four shots in the third, and the assumption is is that, hey, they can't play a full 60-minute game. Hey, they can't, uh, you know, it's just not, they're not good enough because it doesn't look like they're trying in that period or they're not clutch. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I've talked about it. The game is about momentum, swings, having momentum, uh, keeping momentum. Once you lose it, doing everything you can to get it back and keep it as long as you can. And then when you have it, to also come out of it with something to show for it. And I don't mean a, you know, a big hit. I mean something on the scoreboard, right, where where it matters. But your thoughts on on this team as far as playing a sixty minute effort? Because I think I thought in the last two games, the Islander game, and even though they only had four shots, and with maybe seemingly their season on the line last night, I don't think it was an effort situation. You got another team out there with a lot of pride and pushback that got then Boston got their ass kicked in that second period, and that's a good team with Patrice Bergeron and Marchand and Pasternak, and I know they were missing players, but you got to give credit to the other team sometimes here too. No, absolutely. You know, and you can only play the game that's in front of you too. You know, if, there, if there's not a lot of time space, you know, you, there's not a lot of operating room out there, then you have to, you know, you have to be patient and, and play the game that's in front of you. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it might only be, you know, a, a period where the shots are six to five or, or, you know, whatever, and you're going to, you're going to have those. And it's not necessarily an effort thing. You know, it, it's, um, you know, as, as you said too, teams in the league are too good to just impose your will in all three periods. And usually, usually if one team is really good in the first, there's going to be a pushback the other way in the second. Yep. And that's just it's the ebb and flow of hockey. Yeah, that's it's how it, it's how it almost inevitably goes. If, if there's a game where a team dominates all three periods, it's, you know, a situation where the other team is, is playing for the fifth time and, you know, eight nights or whatever the case might be, you know, you're coming off of a little break in the schedule and, you know, and they're just not playing very well that night. And, you know, maybe get up, get up a couple of goals and they kind of pack it in that night. And then sometimes you see, sometimes you'll see a game like that, but that's not the norm. That's not the norm in the league. Most games, uh, you know, most games are, are pretty close. Most games, there's the, the, the ebb and the flow and the little momentum swings. And you have to, as you said, when you have, when you have the momentum or you have a, you know, you have a transition opportunity. You have to score on some of those, you know, the, the Flyers, you know, last last night being a really good example of that, unfortunately, you know, didn't go the Flyers way. But if you look at if you look at Boston's goals, um, you know, several of them were, were scored right after the Flyers had a chance at the other end of the ice. And another one was a another one, I think, on, on Scott Long's first 
breakaway. Second breakaway it was. Yeah, well, this is the second breakaway. He, second breakaway they scored on the power play. But in the first one, they had a 2-1-1. Yeah. Um, because Lawton missed and the net. And didn't get a shot. Puck comes out, right. Didn't get a shot. Or puck comes out. It bounces over Provorov's stick. They had a 2-1-1 on that one. And that one, thank, you know, that one, thankfully, Carter Hart was able to stop. But I mean, it's just you know that that's something too. Those you know, how often do you see it? A chance at one end doesn't go in, and the other end they score, or it's a great A chance the other way. And that's just that's just that's just part of hockey too. But you have to, you know, you have to be the team that executes in those situations. That, that's the difference between winning and losing those close games. I'll tell you what that does for a goaltender. Like you got Jeremy Swayman last night making his first NHL start, and on the one where they stop, he stops Lawton on this on Lawton's second breakaway. And literally, they go right down the ice and score, right? I mean, it is in succession. There's no regroup. There's nothing. It's right off that rush. Lawton can't get back because he's in deep on the PK. So basically, it's a five-on-three, them going up the ice. And for a goaltender, what that does, you just prevented a goal at your end. You feel like you scored the goal at the other end as well. Mm-hmm. It make, it'll make a young goaltender feel so confident because it's a two-goal is what I'll call it. Because you didn't let up one, and your team got one at the other end. It's worth two in your psyche. And if I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm telling you, that is one of the things to make a goaltender's confidence swell more than anything. It's the save, and then right down the other end for a goal. And I've experienced it, not at the NHL level. I've seen goalies ride the wave of it. You saw Swayman ride the wave of that. I mean, after that, he was fantastic. He was good the whole game. But you saw how how out of the net he's coming, how much bigger he looked and felt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He uh you know <clears throat> if you if you break down the uh the chances that he faced last night, just just to illustrate that. I mean the Flyers had had already had five shots on him, you know, pretty quickly in the first period, but none of those tested him. Um and then he started facing a lot of really tough chances and he had one, I think it was a save on, on Patrick. And he was way out the challenge on that one. Yep. You know? that, that's the glove um, save. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was shooting um, out of his net. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, as you said, it, it, it's a confidence thing. You do, you do ride that wave for, you know, quite some time. And, you know, he was, he was a big part of, although the Flyers got two back quickly in the, uh, in the second period. I mean, that could, that could have been a, that, that period in game could have gone sideways very quickly on the Bruins because the Flyers are really pressuring yep. you know, the rest of that period, you know, and, and, Full credit to him, you know, um, because the Flyers were gaining the gaining the blue line pretty easily, and and you know, backing in the D and all those things you want to do, and he didn't let another one get past them. And then you're you're back to 20 minutes, and you know, win win a period, win a game. So uh, you know, it was it was all the it was all those little all those little things within the game that, that uh, you know, pick up pick up a bench too because the, uh, the Bruins knew the Bruins knew that they were lucky not to go into that third period trailing, and they you know. They, they had like a grind out third period and, and found a way to win. So. To me, there was an absolutely key save that he made in the first period. You're right. Like the first five shots were hey, perfect for a guy getting his first start. Hey, the puck's the same. You know, they're they're not uh, high danger chances. You're loving it as a goalie just to get in the rhythm of the game, feel the puck. But the high tip off the Giroux shot, and I think was it Couturier that tipped that or Farabee? It was Farabee, yeah. He makes that glove save plays that high tip stunningly yeah. perfect that's when he went i belong and, yeah. and you could see it in the, in the demeanor of his game and it, it was it was stunning hey but one of the things i was really taken back by 
and I got to get your thoughts on this because, you know, post game last night, Elaine Vigneault met with the media like he does after every game. And the last question that was asked was, how would you evaluate Carter Hart? And I'll give you his answer. I won't deliver it in this, with the same uh, delivery he had, but I'll just say this quote, Carter is a young goaltender playing a real tough position and he's trying his best end quote. What'd you think of that quote? Uh, I, I thought it was damning with very faint praise. <laughs> Truthfully. Yeah. I didn't look uh, at it as praise. <laughs> yeah. I, I think when you, you know, or defense, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's damning with faint defense. I think is a better way to say it. You know, I, I if you go into that game, you know, and then I, First, first of all, the first goal that he gave up, you know, that was a that was a deflected shot on net, and Bergeron, you know, beats Provorov to the front of the net. And he scores scores on a rebound. Yeah, nothing a goalie can do about that. He that's a rebound you, that you can't prevent. By the way, rebound goals like that, highest percentage scoring chance in the NHL. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, really all a goalie can do is make that initial save, and then, yep. then you need some help. Um, the second one, I mean, it was it did you know it did go five hole, you know, it was. You'd like a save there, and it was you know it was right after the right after the shorthanded chance the other way. I, I want to know who Kevin Hayes was covering on that play. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And listen, they scored off the rush. I mean, it was it was Marshawn tape to tape to uh, Pasternak tape to tape to uh, Bergeron. He got rid of the shot quickly, but you know, but just just based on where the shot went, you know, I nothing mean, that's, through uh, you. It, yeah, that's the goalie mentality. So I, you, you'd like a save there, you know. Um. And then, then the third one and the two on one. I'm sorry, you 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 have you have Brad Marsh on one on one with your goalie from the from below the circle. You know, it's he's it, not it's not some ordinary player. It's a guy who feasts off that kind of a situation, and he has all kinds of moves. And you know, once once he faked the shot and, and Carter maybe bit a little bit on that, then he opened him up and he scored. I, I it's just such a such a bang bang kind of reaction. I'm I'm not putting that on the goalie. I'm putting that on how the two one one was played and the fact that you gave up a two one one in the first place. I totally agree. Um, is this, in your opinion, last thing for you? Is this Elaine Vigneault, um kind of going? We know what he said a couple of weeks ago about Carter Hart and his rest, and he's going to work with his coaches. As I told him, expectations and all that stuff. And we were kind of taken back by that quote. Is this the coach um, saying to the young goaltender? The only way to get through this is to work your ass off through it. And, no. No. and you know, this is a little bit of tough love right now for a young goaltender that maybe doesn't have the callus of being in the league for a long period of time and didn't face a ton of adversity since being there. Yeah, I yeah. I, I, mean, I, I think so. I think that that's, uh, that's what's in between the lines there. You know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, when you and I were talking about this, how you have the different motivation buttons that you push. And, you know, Vino has definitely been – been been elevating it you know he's been climbing the ladder a little bit with Farabee yep you know um you know before the game yesterday he, he said that you know Farabee's one of the guys who needs to be better and he has he's struggled for about three weeks now you know uh he sat him in the third period uh, of, of a game that was uh, the comeback in Buffalo last night he moved him down on the rotation you know um you know I I think that how well he played up until about March 10th or so is why he hasn't been scratched yet, but that that's the next step on the ladder. And would it completely shock me if Farabee has another rough game in there? If, if Joel sat a game, it would not, you know. No. But I think that, but I, I think that uh, you know, you've seen the progression with certain players. Phil Myers is another guy too, where uh, you know, Ravinho has been pretty blunt about things at times, and he, he sat him a few times. 
So I think I think with Carter, he's gone to you know a little bit more of a, a tough love and, and you know public stance on it too. So you know, well, uh, the good news I, the, the players hear this behind the scenes before it's made public as well. This yeah. this just doesn't shock the players to hear. They're not hearing this message for the first time when Elaine right. Vigneault goes to that podium. Right, and, that, and that's a big thing too because when a player gets blindsided with it, it's a lot harder to deal with. So it's. Uh, you know, if, as long as the player's not hearing anything they haven't already heard from from the coach, then uh, you know, then, it, then it's something you can work through. But I mean, I I think that um, as you know, I mean, collectively, you know, the team knows that they were first in points percentage heading into March, right, eleven four and three, and now they now they're looking up, and the you know, with each passing game where they're not getting regulation wins, especially or really many wins at all. You know, the uh, the rope gets shorter and shorter and shorter, and the, the coach has been, you know, uh, reacting accordingly, I guess. But, uh, you know, I I think that, you know, I mean, I, I think that you also have to think bigger picture here, too, that uh, they, they also want to get some guys right by the end of the season so it doesn't linger, you know, no matter how long, how much further the season goes. You know, you got to gotta get some guys to, to finish up on finish up on a good note. Yeah, and you got to get that data knowing what you have. Sam Moran's one of those guys. We'll save that for our next conversation, and we'll see what the reaction is from the general manager over the next couple of games and, and the trade deadline looming coming Monday. Uh, Bill, thanks for doing this. As always, thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Flyers Daily. Flyers Islanders back in action tonight. We'll see if they can get very two important two points in the standings, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily breakdown episode. Thanks for listening. Sure. Waiting for the sun